Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men gain clarity and fulfillment in their lives through the pursuit of purpose. On today's episode, we have another special guest. He is the founder and president of Kinetic Communications. His name is Robert Kennedy III. Thank you for coming on to the show, Robert. Uh, do me a favor, man. Listen, when I go on shows, I just kind of like when I get on stage, I, I want to make a little bit of an entrance. So, so just go ahead and say, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Robert Kennedy III. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Robert Kennedy the <laughs> third. Let's go. Come on. Hey. I like that. I like that. I like the energy today. <laughs> we need some of that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. We gotta yeah. pump up the energy a little bit of the room. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Is anybody does anyone call you Bobby? You know what? Uh, my family calls me Bobby still. Uh-huh. If you have uh, grew, if you grew up with me, you probably call me Bobby. I, I always introduce myself as Robert. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, there are people that if, you know, if you grew up, if you grew up with me, you went to church with me as a kid. Um, it kind of leaks over. There are some people who grew up with me that they then introduce me to other people um, as as Bobby. So as a matter of fact, there are times where people are are talking about me and they say yeah robert this blah 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 and people look at robert robert who is robert? oh you mean bobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah gotcha the reason why i asked is because your name just reminded me of uh like uh john f kennedy's brother you know that, well i yeah. know it's that's kind of like a dark reference to make but uh no, that's just the first dark. thing i thought I, of when i saw no, the name i i hear it all the time man that's 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 my name you know so yeah no 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 shade no sweat we're good Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So for the people who aren't familiar with your work, could you tell them a little bit more about what you do? I'm a I, I'm a, tr- a speaker, trainer, corporate trainer. My company, Kinetic Communications, we do a lot in the corporate space in presentation confidence, helping business owners and business leaders to share their stories more effectively or to connect with their audiences and their their potential clients more effectively through the use of business storytelling. So we do a lot in the storytelling space, really helping people to connect. And so what would you say is the significance of developing the ability to tell stories? Well, um, in, especially in the corporate world or in the business space, there is a lot of information that people have come across. And so a lot of times when we want people to buy our products or we want people to buy into a program or we're trying to pitch a concept or something, we typically share a lot of the data. We share a lot of the statistics and we share a lot of information. This is why you should buy this. But people really don't make decisions based on statistics alone. As a matter of fact, statistics are not the first thing that they make decisions about. So if you, as a matter of fact, if you make an, here's an example, if you go into a car dealership and the salesperson meets you at the door and says, hey, I've got two vehicles on the car floor and they're both identical. They both have the same horsepower. They both have the same internal package. They both drive the same. They're both the same year. They're, everything's about everything about them is identical. The only difference is that one is electric blue and the other has a green hood, orange doors, brown trunk, um, and the tires are mismatched. Right? <laughs> Which mm-hmm. one are you going to choose? You choose the one that makes you feel better. Right. I used an extreme example, but at in, in the case where 
if the colors are just different, if one, if, if everything's identical and he says one is red and one is green, which one do you choose? You choose the one that makes you feel better. The one that you like better, right? So people make decisions at the end of the day. Yes, there's statistics. Yes, there's information, but the, the, the overriding factor, the thing that puts things over the top is how people feel. It's the emotion. So stories do that. Stories lend to an emotional concept or an, an emotional connection. If you want to make a connection with people, tell them a story. Okay. So I would imagine that even outside of corporate, that probably carries over into daily life when it comes to meeting people, just social interactions and all that too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of times we small talk is hard for a lot of people. So, you know, when we, when we, Envision small talk. People say, hey, how's the weather? Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. That's like one of the worst things. Right. So mm-hmm. is there a story or is there a question that you can ask people that really allows them to search into their emotional um, memory bank? Right. So instead of saying, how's the weather? You might want to ask them, hey, what did you what have you liked the most about this ev- this evening so far? If you're both at an event or what you know? What what's the thing that you hope to really accomplish? What do you, what do you want to get out of of tonight? Mm-hmm. If you're at an event together, so you want to really lean into emotions, get people to think about experiences and situations. Um, if you're asking them questions, or if they're talking to you and they ask you a question, is there a story or an experience that you can tell that really lends or or lifts up the point that you're trying to make? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And one thing I noticed too is that the people that uh, are in like social settings that can yeah. have that, that have that ability to be able to really tell a story and to be captivating, you can mm-hmm. just tell that like life is just completely different for them, or at least like the way people see them. It kind of makes Absolutely. you just like superhero looking kind of person where you just have everybody circled around you listening to you tell this captivating story. You know, yeah, so a question I have for you is uh, what would you say are some of those main key components they lead to someone telling a good story? Well, I mean, you have to really understand the keys or understand the elements of mm-hmm. storytelling, right? So storytelling really has four main pieces. Uh, you've got context, which is kind of what's going on in the audience's world, kind of the setting the stage, mm-hmm. right? Then you've got characters, which really help give somebody something to hold on to or somebody to relate to. And then you've got the conclusion, which is the end, right? How, the, how, the, how something gets fixed. But probably the most important piece of any compelling or any really good story is the conflict, right? That's the tension. So here's an example. Okay. Uh, a man and his wife decided that they were going to send their son on a trip. Mm-hmm. And they sent the son on a trip and the son uh, landed on another planet. Now, he landed in a cornfield. A couple found him there, and they took him home, and they dressed him. They sent him to school, and he graduated high school, went to college, was a good football player. After college, decided he was going to go to work at a newspaper. Met this lady there, fell in love. They lived happily ever after. The end. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds familiar. But if you paid $19, right, to go to the movies... And that was the story that you heard or that you I'd be saw. Pretty pissed. You would be pissed. You're like, yeah. <laughs> dude, give me my ticket. Give me my money back. Right. You need mm. something inside of that to uh, 
create a little tension, create a little drama, create something. So you need an explosion. You need a villain. You need a, a failures. <laughs> yeah, you need something. Well, even if it's with just a super. So, so mm-hmm. forget. Um, so let's just say he had superpowers. Okay, yeah. So the, he, he, the father and the mother see him on on the side of the street, and he lifts up a car, and they're like, "Whoa, okay." And then he goes to high school. Then he goes to, goes to the newspaper. He meets this lady. They get married, and that's the story. He has superpowers. He can fly. Why does he need superpowers? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's got to be something. There's got to be a push. You're right, right? You got to have a push and a pull. You got to have something back. There's this guy named Kurt Vonnegut, who is a uh, a researcher, and he talks about the different story types. And you, I think most of us have heard about what is called the hero's journey. Wait, what, is there a book he wrote? That name sounds so familiar. Yeah, well, he wrote, I don't, what, what's the book? There's a famous Gosh. book he wrote. Uh, is it Clockwork Orange or is it, no, that's someone else. Uh, yeah, I think it was no, one I, about I, like people like, burning books or something like that and trying to like hold information from like the general population. I could yeah. be wrong, but I think no, he is me, a famous I, author too. Yeah, he is a famous author. Um, I'm trying to remember his book. He's a, uh, he, he, he wrote a lot of satire, right. Um, and I'm trying to, but, but he talks a lot about different story types. Um, and the, the hero's journey is something that, that he's known for speaking about a lot. Right. So the hero's journey is kind of like this, and, and, and everybody knows the hero's journey, right? The hero mm-hmm. is in his or her homeland, and something happens in the, the, beyond the homeland, and the hero is kind of lost maybe in their homeland, or they, they feel like they need to discover. There's something about themselves that is mysterious, and so they leave their homeland, they leave the bounds of their city, or whatever, and they go out onto this 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 journey, right? And they go out, and then and they meet a dragon, and they they slay the dragon. They go into this, they go through this process. They they get enough power, they get enough courage to slay the dragon, and then after they slay the dragon, they return back to their homeland, a hero, where they you know they they then relate the story of of being able to slay the dragon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's the story arc of a lot of of movies right it's it's the hero's journey and so that's probably that's part of that is part of that's part of why we get so upset when there is not a happy ending in a story i don't know I'm, i don't know about you i'm a superhero fan right mm-hmm. um so when 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 uh when the end of avengers infinity war came right <laughs> and and uh thanos got all the all the infinity stones and and some of the Avengers died. Mm-hmm. People, oh my gosh! Right, we 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 don't want that. We want the happy ending because we want the hero's journey. We want we want the hero. Mm-hmm. We want the hero. So, but again, the tension inside of that, the conflict inside of that, the unexpected twist, the ending inside of that, made people like, no, nah, this is this can't end this way. There's got to be a follow-up. There's got to be a sequel. There's got to be something, right? So good storytellers know this. They know that conflict and tension really is the the, the foundation, the the hinge for for this. Comedians do the same thing, right? They create Mm -hmm. much, a lot of conflict and tension, and then boom, punchline. Ah, ha, ha, you're laughing, right? Right. (laughs) So they've got to have a buildup before they, they hit you with the punchline. So conflict is, is crucial for all of this, man. 
Okay. Okay. So just to recap on the different parts, you have your characters, you have your conflict and your tension. And there was one more that you mentioned. That was, the, I think the first uh, one that you brought up context setting context. the stage. Yeah. Okay. Setting the stage. Yeah. Gotcha. Hopefully you guys that are listening are all taking notes on that. But uh, something that I just kind of thought about while you were telling this story, when you, you were telling a Superman story, at least that's what I gathered, but uh, yes, it kind of made me think, you know, cause this is a young men's podcast. A lot of guys don't really have a story. They may not really have, they might have conflict, but right. there isn't really any type of, uh, we'll say, I guess the context that's going on or like the tension that's making it to where it's crafting into something interesting that somebody want to be a part of, you know, it's like, let's say you're talking to a woman or something like that. Oh, work is tough. Life is tough, whatever. It's like, okay, you have your tension or whatever you're, I mean, you have your conflict, but whereas like the push and pull, you're just kind of sitting there in it. And I feel like a lot of maybe like, you know, just average regular guys are probably kind of in that spot. Would you say? Well, I mean, I think we all have conflict. We all have something, right? Um, and, and we don't think it's a big deal, right? So one of the best ways for guys or anybody to, to really um, be interesting, number one, is to first be interested. So mm-hmm. you got to start asking questions about your audience or you got to start asking questions of who you're talking to so you can get a sense of, what they like, what's interesting to them, what is what what drives them, what they care about, what they respond to. And once you have that information, then you can craft your stories, you can craft your conversations around that, right? So if I'm talking to someone, if I'm talking um, to someone and I find out that they're interested in in sports, right? What what does my conversation now revolve around Probably i start looking for conflicts in in sports hey yo what, what did you think about the, the the celtics and the bucks game last night great game by the way yeah <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. right but but here's the other here's here's the conflict in that right everybody's a fan of one team or the other or a player on a team, maybe you're you're a Giannis fan. So I'm I'm here's my conflict in it. I grew up in New York City, so I'm automatically Knicks an fan. enemy of any city, any Boston teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, that's so, understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So so that's kind of like that's the interest that that I can bring to this. Okay, because now I'm also I've 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 created the rivalry. I've found out what the person's interested in. Now I can bring my own stuff in. I grew up in New York. So I'm, I'm adding these little bits of information into this story to make it interesting. And, and again, I'm finding little pieces of, of tension and little pieces of conflict. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. And that's a good way to kind of map it to where like you're making it into like just regular conversation as opposed to somebody telling someone a story or yeah. maybe like to get on like the storytelling side of it. Whenever, like, let's say you're at a networking event or whenever you're giving people examples, maybe your own personal examples, what's one of your favorite stories that you like to tell about an experience you had? It could be funny, preferably funny. It could be serious. But uh, what would you say is one of your favorite stories that really tells a lot of people about you? Man, I've got so many of them. I've got what I would call a signature story mm-hmm. that I share uh, quite often because my company is a training company. And so my signature story often is around uh, when I was a young kid, 
and being told by some people that were in my space that I talked too much. And then getting to a space where I stopped talking and I was known as a shy kid who would rather be in his room playing with trains than being out at the party. And mm-hmm. then ultimately kind of walking that through to the point where now I teach people about speaking, where I train people how to talk, you know? So there's, there's kind of that arc, there's, there's that flip, there's that irony inside of that. So, you know, I tell people about that. There's a story that I tell people about when I learned how to ride a bike or bicycle at eight years old and, and that journey. And I, you know, I can tell that story real quick, but I, but I, I pull a lot of different lessons outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of different stories. You want me to tell the story or do you just want to hear about the story? I mean, that, that was good too, because I kind of yeah. made me, it kind of made me think about something else. Uh, yeah. Like another follow-up question I like to ask is, uh, what value would you say came from being able to look at your life and be able to actually craft the story to tell? Because one thing I'll say is that I feel like I started getting much better results when it came to like getting people to check out my content and that sort of thing. Wherever I worked on my story, I guess you could say, and was able to tell it in a way whenever they're meeting me in those first five minutes, they made them say, huh, this guy, you know, he seems pretty interesting. I kind of want to check out his podcast. And so I wanted to ask you, what would you say are some of the benefits that came from you being able to not only, of course, you know, you know, everyone knows their own story, but being able to craft it in a way that could resonate with people or maybe like be a magnet. Well, see, it's it's not just about being able to tell your story. It's about being able to connect with others on an emotional level through your story. Ah. So when when I tell a story, it's not just I'm telling a story about me. I'm telling a story that relates to an experience that people either have don't want to have or would like to have right have, don't so, want to have or would like to have right right so because and what what i'm essentially doing and, and one of the things and here's a cheat code for those of you that are ever presenting and you want to kind of engage you want to get people with you one of the biggest things and the best things that you can do is to ask a question right because when you ask a question there's a scientific um term called instinctive elaboration That means that pretty much when you ask a question, the brain can't help but answer it because a question is asked and your mind is immediately flipping through through its Rolodex of experiences to see if it connects with that, right? So Mm -hmm. if I'm telling a story, one of the best things that I can do is ask a question like, hey, have you felt, have you ever felt this? Or when was the last time that you had to deal with blah, blah, blah? Or how did you feel when this happened to you, Right. You're asking those questions. You're creating those emotional strings. You're creating those emotional connections. And then when you create the emotional uh, connections, then you can tell stories because you've literally got people, you know, in the palm of your hand. You've literally got a connection to them because you've asked a question that they've responded to. Okay. Okay. And I can see how coming into the conversation or at least like the understanding I had, it was more so like focused on the story, like, you know, what you're telling, but the way that you're kind of, presenting it is that the most important thing is the connection that you make when you're telling the story so finding a way to make it to where you know it can be an interesting story at the end of the day but if people don't actually if they don't have some way to connect to it it's not going to amount to much and so that's really what the key thing is making sure that something that someone can connect to in one of those three ways either they had it don't want to have that experience or want to have that experience right right Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if you're thinking about movies, 
movies, most movies are good stories, mm-hmm. but some movies just don't connect with specific people. Like for me, somebody's going to be surprised that I say this, right? But I've never seen a Star Wars movie in my life. Uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually not too amazed by that because the reason why is <laughs> I didn't see a Star Wars movie until uh, I think my senior year of high school. I haven't watched one Star Wars movie and people have said the same thing to me, but it was just never something that really caught my interest. I wasn't into the sci-fi and all that. And even though it has like this cult following, it wasn't until then that I watched them. And I was like, these are, these are actually pretty good, but I mean, I haven't watched them again since it was just each of them that, that one time. I've never had the interest to watch them because I don't know, there's just nothing inside of a Star Wars movie that kind of pulls my attention, connects with any experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. A superhero movie, on the other hand, um, yeah, I'll watch all day, every day, superhero movies. I love them. And my wife, my wife is like, golly, you know every superhero show that's on TV, right? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll watch all of them. I'll binge watch them when I can, right? Because um, somewhere inside of me is, especially considering experiences that I've had as a kid, somewhere inside of me is this desire to do something amazing somewhere inside of me is a desire to do something great. If you ask me what superpowers I would want to have, I'd want to have uh, super speed or invisibility. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think inside of me, there's, there's a, there's a connection to superhero movies. And so, yeah, I'm always going to watch them. Right. Um, I don't watch my, my, my wife used to watch the show being Mary Jane. Um, I wasn't particularly connected to it. I, you know, I, I didn't find anything in it. So with, with our stories, we, we got to figure out what connects to people. Who's your favorite superhero? Um, wow. I, I would have to say, I don't know that I have one favorite, but if I had to pick one, I would say flash flash. So what would you say it is about flash that, um, that you like the most? It's the speed, man. Mm-hmm. It's the speed. I, I, I want to. Cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. My, my <laughs> wife loves to tell me. And I find out a lot about myself through my wife. She's like, dude, you have two ways that you two speeds at which you operate zero and 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you don't do anything like in the middle halfway. You don't you don't operate at 50 percent. You're either like boom or boom. And she's like, listen, you're getting older. You can't go out on the basketball court. And do the things drive into the hole and all that, <laughs> right? So right, right. So yeah. So I mean, you know, I think I think that's that's the thing. I just I just maybe the competitor in me wants to be able to go faster than everybody else. Okay, okay. I can see the connection. I have. Yeah. I probably have to go with Batman. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think there are like a few things about him that are just like so cool to me. For one, that mm-hmm. uh, he's the one superhero that doesn't have superpowers well at least that's that's relevant and doesn't have superpowers they have other ones that don't but yeah i I don't think anybody really pays attention to many of them but the fact that he's just a normal guy and he's like that intelligent and that disciplined where he's able to make himself into the type of person that could compete against these supervillains and protect the city on his own and then plus the movies are just like it seems like they're just like masterfully done like all the little nuances and elements really just made it to where it made him like this this amazing character and the stories just the stories in each of the Batman movies. I've liked them too. I, I still haven't seen the latest one, the Batman. I, I still got to get, I, still I, haven't, I actually haven't seen that one either, but I want to, I need to go okay. see it. I've only seen like 
the Dark Knight series, like with Batman Begins and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch all of them, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool, though. Cool. But um, I guess the next question I have for you is um, what would you say would be like the importance for like a guy, let's say 18 to 30 to develop a skill like this? You know, some of them may be entrepreneurs, some of them may not be. But if you're just speaking in general. Yeah. Well, Warren Buffett, who is probably now the fourth or fifth richest man in the world, when he was in college, he would notice that there were some people who kept getting called on and some people who had greater opportunities than others. And so he decided that he wanted to get greater opportunity. And the thing that he noticed was that those who got greater opportunities were those who were able to speak, those who were able to have, who had the skill of communication and public speaking. And so he decided that he was going to take a Dale Carnegie public speaking course. He ended up flaking out and not taking the course. And then several years later, um, after losing out on several opportunities, decided he was going to take it again, right? So he took this course And after that, he says that learning to speak, learning to the skill of public speaking was the most valuable thing that he ever did in his life. As a matter of fact, he was speaking to some students at um, Columbia University in New York, and he said, listen, if you go and you do this, it's going to maximize the opportunities that you've had in your life by 150%, and I'm willing to pay for the course for you if you're deciding that you're going to do this. Right. So if one of the richest men in the world says to me, listen, speaking communication is the most important skill, then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to that. Right. So that's that's one of the, the other thing is that when you're able to connect with people on an emotional level, when you're able to speak and uh, grab interest. The longer that people pay attention to you the more influence you're able to have, right? Right. If you don't want to influence people, then bore them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take the public speaking class then, right? Right, right. And so how how you get to the space of interest and and influence is through learning how to spin a tale, right? How to spin a story, how to create that that thing where, where people are not just hearing what you're saying, they're feeling feelings, while you're saying it. And storytelling is what does that, either by alarming people or by calming people, either by making people uncomfortable or making them have a certain feeling that 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 connects with what, what you're saying. All right, then it all makes sense. And I'm glad that you yeah. explained it that way. And it kind of does make me want to go back to the, uh, the previous thing that we had talked about. I know we had uh, talked about whether or not you would tell your story but uh, yeah. yeah, I think this actually be a perfect time if you wanted to tell the one uh, from when you were eight. I think that's when you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I like telling kind of this give an example. story yeah. because it there, there are so many different lessons that that I pull from it, depending on who I'm speaking to. So uh, I'll start out and I'll ask the question, how many people know how to ride a bicycle? And usually when I ask that. People are like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, how was that experience for you? Was it hard? Did you learn? Did, did you did you learn it quickly? And people kind of I get a lot of different answers answers. 
And so then I go in, well, I was eight years old and I didn't know how to ride a bicycle. So I was at my friend's house. I was living in Montreal, Canada at the time. I was at my friend's house. My parents had left me there early at the beginning of a summer because they were moving back to New York and uh, I was still finishing up my school year there. So I decided one day that I was going to learn how to ride a bicycle. So I asked my friend, I said, hey, how do you ride a bicycle? And he says, he points outside. And he's like, um, that's how you ride it there. That's how you learn. And I looked out the window and I saw some kids on bicycles, but they all had parents behind them, pushing them to learn how to ride their bicycles. And I said, man, well, we don't have any parents here right now. This was back in the day when you could leave eight-year-olds at home alone by themselves without, without any repercussions, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I'm like, listen, I've got to figure out how to ride a bicycle. So he's like, okay, let's go outside. So we go outside, we go to the garage. He hops on his bike. He takes off down the street. I, I got his sister's bike with the, uh, the basket on the front right? <laughs> and the banana seat. And so um, I go to the street with the bike. He, he says, okay, you just got to balance. And he takes off down the street. And I try to ride and I fall. I try to pedal like he did and I fall. Somehow I figured out that I could take the bicycle and allow it to coast down the driveway. The driveway went on a decline down into a garage that was underneath the house. So I did that. And as I coasted down the the, the driveway, I saw that, yeah, it was easier for me to balance. So I did that several times and I did it quite a bit until I started to feel myself balancing a little bit easier. And I started to turn in the garage. I did this for about 30 minutes. After about 30 minutes, I decided I was going to take the bicycle and take it back out onto the street to see if I could balance now. So I take it out on the street and I did a little bit better with balancing, but I still wasn't very steady. Now, at the end of the block, there was a hill. (laughs) So I took the bike to the end of the block and I perched myself on the top of this hill. Uh-oh. And I said, I'm going to ride this bicycle. So I push off and I put my feet on the pedal and I start to turn the pedals and it's going down the hill and everything's going okay. But this hill's starting to get steeper and the pedals start to go a bit faster because the bike is now picking up speed. So the bike is starting to pick up speed and the pedals are going faster and my feet are trying to keep up with this. And eventually my feet fly off the pedals because the pedals are going too fast for me to keep up. And this bike is going down the hill and it's going further and further down the hill. And oh, by the way, at the bottom of this hill, there's this intersection. And so this bike is going towards this intersection and it's, and it's flying. It's, it's picking up speed and it's going down. And at that point, I remembered that the one thing that I forgot to teach myself in the driveway was how to brake how to stop the bike. (laughs) So this bike is going down the hill and it's flying. It's starting to fly at this point. This intersection is coming closer and we're about maybe 50 yards from the intersection. And the, the hill is getting a little bit less steep, but I don't know how to stop at this point. But I noticed out of my left side that there's a lawn on the left side of the street. So I turn the bike and the bike flies across the street and I end up on the lawn. I crash into this fence. This bike slides across the, and there's grass and dirt and mud and I hit the fence and I stand up and my friend's at the top of the hill and he's looking down with like the home alone face, like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? So I stand up and he's expecting me to be hurt and start crying and I raised my hands like, like Like, in the Rocky movies, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because I rode my bike. I Uh rode my bike safely down the hill. Right. So I share that story, but a lot of times 
when I'm sharing that story, I'll stop at portions of the story and ask about certain things. Like we're going down the hill and I'm saying, I'm at the point where I'm talking about how you're going down the hill and the bike is starting to pick up speed. And as, as it picks up speed, your feet fly off the pedals. I'm like, listen, how many times in your life have you ever felt out of control? How many times in your life have you ever felt like everything around you is 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 not working in your favor and you're going down and and, it, and there's nothing that is going your way and you feel like you're about to crash and something catastrophic is about to happen mm-hmm. right so i'm creating this picture with my story but i'm also creating a picture in their minds about their lives and they're having to reach back for these memories right in the connection yeah Right. So then I get down to the bottom of the hill and I share with them about this crash. And I'm kind of like, listen, sometimes you're out of control and you avert the, 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 the catastrophe, but you still crash and it doesn't turn out how, like how you want. What do you do in those moments? Do you sit there and you cry? Do you get mad about the fact that there's mud on your face or do you celebrate the fact that you rode your bike? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> No, I loved right. it. Like I, it was like a movie playing out in my head. Like I could see yeah. everything that was happening. Like I was able to picture it. And so I, I yeah. appreciate how vivid that story was that you told. Yeah. I could see I would be captivating the people too. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and it's something simple. Mm-hmm. I rode my bike. Right. So and I think the part that we, you know, I I'll I point this out sometimes that the 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 time that it takes me to pick up speed and my feet fly off the pedals is about three seconds, right? A three second snippet from my life can, can, can create a powerful connection or a powerful lesson, right? That can have so much impact that people, I mean, you're, you're sitting there, you're like, whoa, I was like, I, I vividly saw that thing. I don't even know you, Robert, but I saw you riding down that hill. Mm. <laughs> right, right, right. A three second snippet from my life. And that's the power of storytelling. That's the power of being able to tell a great story instead of like, hey, how's the weather? Oh, it's just rainy today. Yeah. No, let's let's create some connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate let's, you sharing. Let's be that. memorable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And so um Usually whenever it gets closer to the end of the interviews, I like to always ask one question to everybody that I talk to. And so this doesn't have to be related to storytelling or anything that we talked about today. But um, what would you say is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given you? Uh, The best piece of advice is. um, Stop trying to be Superman. (laughs) Stop (laughs) stop trying to be. Yeah, there we go. Back to the superheroes. Stop Mm. trying to be Superman. I, I have. This, um, maybe you call it a disease. It's called Superman syndrome. I try to do a lot of things myself. You know, I've had, I've had four businesses and in every business that I form, there is a piece of me that, because I've got ideas, I got dreams, I've got, I know how certain things should go. I want to, and I try to do a lot of things myself. And so the best piece of advice is like, listen, um, Learn the skill of delegating, learn how to be strategic and have other people execute some of the details inside that, because you've only got two arms. There's no way that you're going to be able to do everything and grow 
you're dreaming. You only have so much reach. Mm-hmm. If you want to have greater reach, you got to have other arms. It's like you're speaking to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, even though you literally are, but like, I feel it in me <laughs> <laughs> because that's something that I'm trying to get into the habit of doing. I've recently picked yeah. up like people that are doing some things for me to make my process a little bit easier because I, I know I've been spread pretty thin even yeah. now still with some of the help with things that are going on. But thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so that pretty much wraps up another episode of the improvement podcast. If you guys like the content and if you liked our guests today, make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to it on. And if you'd also like to find more content, please go to improvementpodcast.com. And for anyone that might be interested in mindset or identity coaching, if you go onto the website, you can go to the contact form and send me an email from there. But uh, Robert, for anyone that wants to find you or is interested in your services, where should they go? Uh, you can go. I'm Robert Kennedy three on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, some dude that's Robert Kennedy three on TikTok. But so uh, mm-hmm. don't don't look him up. Yes, um, <laughs> that's not you. We don't, we don't need to go. We don't need to go. No, get no, clicks, huh? no, no, yeah, exactly. He's not even active. I, I was trying to get Robert Kennedy three on TikTok, but um yeah, they, they wouldn't respond to me. So I have to get real Robert Kennedy three. We're just, we just did that anyway. So we're going to be putting more content on there, but uh, Robert Kennedy three on, on most social media platforms. You, my website is robertkennedy3.com and, uh, or you can hang out with me in my, my community, the Storytellers Growth Lab. So you can go to storytellersgrowthlab.com for that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, Rob. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I appreciate the time. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Take care.